Do you have another praise in you for the king right now? Is there a praiser over here that says, I got a little more to give him? Is there a shouter over here that says, hey, I got some more to give you, God? How about in this middle section? Is there anybody here that says, I'm not quite done praising him yet? Look at somebody and tell them, it ain't quite over with yet. It's not over with yet. Man, I feel a spirit of praise and expectation in here today. Somebody's leaving different than they came. Somebody's going to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost this morning. at least two or three of you that are going to receive miracles from God today. Miracles in your bodies. Miracles in your minds. Miracles in your ministry and in your marriage. And I feel like that all we have to do is open up the door and let God do whatever he'd like to do and say and in just a moment the Holy Ghost is going to hit this room and when it does I'm going to get out of the way and just let him heal you and feel you and do whatever he wants to do. Because we didn't come to a pep talk and a pep rally. We came to the presence of God. I love you, Pastor V. I love you, Sister V. I love Bethlehem Church. If you're, if you're glad to be a part of such a growing, thriving, apostolic church, why don't you signify that right now? The lie, the lie is that nobody wants to go to church anymore. Nobody wants to go to the house of the Lord anymore. That is a lie. The truth is nobody wants to go to a dead church anymore. They don't want to go to an old, dry, traditional, go through the same old song and dance. We're looking for something fresh from God. We're looking for something that's moving and thriving. And I'm going to tell you, you're in the right place with the right people. Before I let you sit down, I want you just to shake two or three people's hand and tell them we're in a warfare. But we're winning. Tell them we're in a warfare. We're in a warfare. Once you do that, you can be seated. I... I'm blessed because I get to speak to you today and then I get to speak tonight underneath the tent in Potts Camp. We're going to baptize people in Jesus' name up there tonight. And uh, Monday night, and then I get to be back with you guys on Wednesday, and I count that as a tremendous honor and a privilege to get to be with you. I consider you all my friends and my family. I consider myself uh, connected with you, and uh, there's, just, there's just something about coming here. I feel at home, and that could be good or bad. That could be good or bad. Uh, I'm, going to, I'm going to start something tonight that the Lord began speaking to me about uh, well before I got here. 
Uh, I'm going to give you part one of it tonight. I'm going to give you part two of it Wednesday night. I hope that you shout, run, dance, do whatever, but it's not going to matter what you do. I'm going to say what I'm going to say regardless. So you have all liberty and opportunity to praise God about this, throw tomatoes, do whatever you want to, but we're in a warfare. You're in a warfare. Some people say, well, I'm not the spiritual warfare type. It doesn't matter. You've already been punched in the lip. You're in a fight. Whether you want to be in one or not, the fact that you're living in 2023, you're in a battle. And one of the most important things is that you figure out who your enemy is. And because I'm in Mississippi, I can say, and you need to know who your enemy ain't. The problem with some of us when it comes to warfare and spiritual battles is we think we're fighting with people, but it's not your mother-in-law. It's not your in-laws and them other outlaws. It's not your boss. It's nobody in your family. They may be used as puppets on strings, but you're not wrestling against flesh and blood. If the enemy can get us convinced that we're battling with people, then he knows that he doesn't have to do much because we will destroy one another. And what I'm going to do here today is I'm about to pull the covers off of the enemy and expose him so that you and I can understand that we don't have no problem with each other. We got an adversary who we're about to point our attention to and let him know you do not have authority over this church, over my family, over my finances. There is a spirit that is moving in America right now. It is a spirit of a usurper. It is the spirit of strife and rebellion. And what it has done, it has set itself against leaders. It has set itself against pastors. It has set itself against husbands and wives, mamas and daddies. It has put itself against churches. It has set itself up as a hierarchy, top of the pinnacle. It is trying to divide governments. It is trying to divide marriages. It is trying to divide homes. It is trying to divide families and churches. And I'm going to reveal the name of this dirty demonic spirit if I can. And when I do, we're going to rise up in here today and let it know there is no place for you to operate around here. There's too much light. Jesus talked about it in Revelation 2 and 20. You don't have to stand yet. I may let you stand in a moment. But Revelation 2 and 20, Jesus said, Notwithstanding, I have a few things against you, because thou sufferest that woman Jezebel, which calleth herself. Tell your neighbor, there's where the first problem is. She's calling herself. I have a problem when people have to call themselves. 
when you got to tell us who you are and give us your repertoire and what God called you to be, I can usually identify that a person is not what they say they are if they have to keep reminding me I'm apostle so-and-so, I'm prophet so-and-so, I'm this big shot and that big shot. Can I tell you, just do the job. We'll figure the title out. Titles mean nothing if you cannot do the work. She calleth herself a prophetess to teach and to seduce my servants to commit fornication and eat things sacrificed unto idols. I'm going to talk to you just a little bit to say about when Jesus judges Jezebel. When Jesus judges the spirit of Jezebel. This spirit is very active. It's very seductive. It is working right now. And I'm going to give you what some of the, some of the symptoms that, that that spirit has targeted your house. Here are the symptoms of the spirit of Jezebel. Intimidation. It leaves you intimidated. It causes you to go into isolation, to separate yourself. Here's a big one. A lot of people are dealing with this. Exhaustion. You can sleep all night, get up, and then you're still tired because Jezebel is a very draining spirit. It tries to vacuum and suck the life out of you. Here, here's another one of the symptoms. Hopelessness. It, it's a spirit that makes you want to feel like there's no way out of your situation it is a spirit of oppressive thought patterns it puts things in your mind can I tell you this it puts things in your mind to make you think things are happening that are not even happening a lot of what people come in here worrying about today won't ever happen the thing you need to be worried about is probably not what you're worried about you should be worried about if the trumpet sounds where do I stand with Jesus don't worry about who rolled their eyes at you or who said something against you or who don't like you or who didn't accept you or who didn't pat you on the back. I, did, I want you to shake my hand, but if you don't shake my hand, I'm still going to lift my hand to Jesus. I'm, I'm not here looking to get offended. And you can find... All of these symptoms in this text that I'm going to read, and actually, you don't have to stand because I'm going to kind of pull the pork off the bone as I talked a little bit about this today. But in 1 Kings 19 and verse 1, Ahab told Elijah, uh, or, and Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done, comma. Look at somebody and say, there's the first mistake. Telling the wrong people the wrong thing. Huh? He goes off telling Jezebel everything that Elijah had done. Isn't it amazing how people who don't have a prayer life, they use the platform like social media to go tell everybody else stuff they ought to be telling God about. You can tell people who don't pray because instead of taking it to the secret place in prayer, they would rather make a big social media post and say, well, I don't understand how some people are supposed to be preachers and supposed to be apostolic and they do this and that. If you had a prayer life, you wouldn't have to tell the whole world. (laughs) 
and withal how he had slain the prophets with a sword. Then Jezebel sent a messenger. Evidently they had Facebook messenger back then. Unto Elijah saying, so let the gods do to me and more also if I make not thy life as one of them tomorrow by this time. And when he saw that, he arose and went for his life and came to Beersheba, which belongeth to Judah. Tell your neighbor, this thing belongs to praise. Watch what Jezebel would do to you. And he left his servant there at praise, and he went a day's journey into the wilderness. And he came and sat down under a juniper tree and requested for himself that he might die. And said, it is now enough, O Lord, take away my life, for I am not better than my fathers. Let me tell you what the spirit of Jezebel will do to you. It will cause you to start comparing yourself to other people. It'll cause you to start comparing your ministry to somebody else's ministry. It'll cause you to start comparing your walk with God to somebody else's walk with God. It'll cause you to compare your church to somebody else's church. The only comparison you and I ought to be making is comparing ourselves to King Jesus. I'm not in competition with people. Jezebel wants us to compete and say I'm better than you or you're better than me. Folks, we're not in competition. We're in Holy Ghost cooperation. I'm not competing with you. I'm not trying to outdo you. I'm trying to compliment you and trying to help you get better if you'll help me get better. But we're not trying to one-up each other. Watch. And he slept under a juniper tree, and behold, an angel touched him. And he said unto him, Arise and eat. And he looked, and behold, there was a cake baking on the coals and a cruise of water at his head. Watch this, amazing. And he did eat and drink, and he laid down again. He goes back to sleep. Now, please, just think with me, just, just, just not even super spiritual, just think logically here. What kind of oppression must you be under that an angel shows up at your house this morning, cooks you biscuits and gravy, bacon and sausage, and then you eat it with an angel standing in your kitchen and you say, I'm going back to bed. You go back to sleep with the angel of the Lord standing in your presence. What kind of a spell must a person be under to feel a move of God in their life and then they can just go back and retire themselves to becoming unconscious again? Let me tell you, that's the seduction of a spirit of Jezebel that allows you to come into a move of God like you've been seeing around here and then say, well, I'm just going to go take a nap. Honey, how can you sleep at a time like this? How can you just go back drifting off into la-la land whenever there's an angelic visitation? Can I tell you, there's something that is about to hit Bethlehem Church that we're going to find out who the sleepers are and who the awakers are. I don't want to be among the sleeping. I don't want to be among those that just drift back off. 
Listen to this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take you kind of slow here. But there are three things you need to know about this spirit of Jezebel. Number one, most spirits that attack people, uh, they do it internally. It's very personal. It's very internally. Not Jezebel. Jezebel works to destroy people externally. What do you mean? Jezebel is a spirit that works through one person to destroy another person. See, a spirit of addiction or drugs just wants to get in me and make me destroy me. It wants me to do self-destruction, not Jezebel. Jezebel operates on a whole different, unique level. It is a spirit that gets in one person and tries to get one person to destroy five or six other people. Can I say something to you? Because, because I, I love you. I, I love you enough. I need to tell you the truth today. Don't get delivered from drugs and alcohol and the spirits of this world and then come in the church and pick up a religious spirit that now you're no longer in self-destruction but you get in the mode of destruction of the body. Don't lose those spirits and then pick up a traditional worldly spirit that's in the church. Am I making sense to you right now? I mean, if you're going to go to hell, do it living like hell. Jezebel knows how to blend in with us. And let me explain her to you. Here's how Jesus operates. Jesus would walk into this room right now, and he will find the most beat up, the most discouraged, the most hurt person, and he will begin to build that person up. Jezebel walks into the same room. She finds the most talented, the most gifted, the most beautiful person, and she begins to tear them down. Jesus builds up. Jezebel tears down. I come to ask this church, what spirit are you operating in? When people walk in, do you say, well, they're better than me. I need to pull them down a notch. Or do you come in looking for somebody that's hurting, somebody that's sick, somebody that's messed up? The spirit of Jesus is not an annihilator. He is a restorer. Let me dig into this a little bit with you. She is a spirit that's associated with slander, accusations, rumors, murder, perversion, and gossip. And, and one thing to know about, about this uh, spirit of Jezebel, she will attempt to use anybody who's ever been offended. Once you become offended, you become magnetic for this spirit to operate through you. You have to become unoffendable. I have made it up in my mind. Somebody told me one time, they said, nah, I hope I don't offend you. I said, you can't offend me. I said, you, you, you can't offend me. I said, don't, you don't have to worry about anything you say because it doesn't matter. Your compliments cannot lift me up and your criticism can't take me down. I said, compliments are like cologne. Smell it, but don't drink it. If you drink it, it'll kill you. You can't get lifted up over people that say, you're awesome, you're amazing, you're great, good, because there's 10 more people that's gonna tell you how terrible you are. You have to stay right here in the balance. The only person that can lift you up or take you down is King Jesus himself. 
If criticism can pull you down, compliments will make you get the big head. And let me go. I'm, I'm going somewhere with this because here's what Jezebel is designed to do. She is designed to prevent the will of God in your life. Why? And typically the person who operates in this spirit of Jezebel, they don't even know they're doing it. They won't even know they're doing it. I, 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 asked, I asked a man one time, uh, I, I was in a particular revival, and, and something crazy started happening. Uh, it, I, I'm, not a, I'm not a very jumpy, edgy person. I don't get scared a lot. But when this started happening, it, 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 it freaked me out to the point that I, I literally become, I become concerned, to say the least. And, and there was a lady in this church who was operating by, by like a Jezebel type spirit and, and it was so amazing because I would walk into that service it's happened to me many times and, and the Holy Ghost highlighted like two or three people I want you to pray for that lady I want you to pray for that man I want you to pray for that lady he kind of highlighted I didn't even know what and I usually don't know what it's going to even be about but the Holy Ghost highlighted and in that first service I walked in the Holy Ghost highlighted like two or three people and he told me I want you to pray for this lady so I go through my preaching and I'm, I'm preaching and I'm, I'm getting ready to, to pray for this particular lady and this lady who is operating under the unction of a Jezebel spirit right as I finish preaching, she gets up and of all the people in that church, she goes straight to that lady and she carried her outside. And I was like, okay, well, you know, coincidental. And, and I said, well, I'll just move to the, the next person. And, and so I pray. I'm waiting on them to come back. The lady comes back in, and she goes directly to the next person that I was getting ready to pray for. First time, a coincidence. Second time, I'm like, okay, something's up. My spider sense is tingling now. Then she goes to the third person and pulls them over in a corner and starts praying. And I asked God, I said, Lord, what in the world is going on? here I mean how in the world is this and this is what I come up with that Jezebel's spirit is a fake prophetic spirit it knows how it knows where God's about to move it can see where the angelic forces are gathering watch what I'm about to tell you it can see where revival is about to happen it can see where revival is about to fall and its job is to come and block it but I come to tell you something Jezebel greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. I don't know who I'm preaching to right now, but don't let Jezebel block your experience with Jesus. Don't let her take you out. Don't let her call you outside. No, I don't have time to go out here and have a chit chat. We're having an altar call right now. Jezebel is not gender specific. When we talk about Jezebel, Loosen up, ladies. There's men that operate in this too. All through the Bible you find it. Judas, Saul, Absalom, Korah, Herod, many people had it. And most of the teaching that, that, that I heard, at least coming up, about Jezebel erroneously characterized her as being a seductress and, and a painted face and, and, and looking uh, like a lady of the night. And some of that very much is a part of it, but there's a whole lot more to Jezebel than a painted face. 
I said there's a whole lot more to Jezebel than mascara and makeup. I'm going to say this to you again. Jezebel has a whole lot more going on in the unseen world than what you see. She is a very high-ranking, intelligent, demonic spirit. And here's what I've come to preach to you about today. Here, here, here's some of her characteristics. She's extremely controlling. She is very jealous. She is very rebellious and proud and manipulative and always unhappy and overbearing. And here's the thing. If you ever dare to cross Jezebel by saying no, all heaven's going to break loose. <laughs> she can become very violent and emotional and full of rage. And here's the part I want to step into. She hates the prophetic. She hates it whenever the prophetic begins to operate. You know why she doesn't like the moving and the unction of the Holy Ghost? Because she knows it can reveal her and it can cause light to come upon her. So she just rather you not have a real move of God. I come by to tell Jezebel, it's too late, darling. It's already happening. It's already here. I wish somebody would stand up and let Jezebel know right now it's really too late because it's already happened. Listen to me. I'm, I'm almost there. Listen. Ahab was king over Israel. He married Jezebel, which made her technically the queen of Israel. But she was not in control. Her husband was. Watch this. She was, she was living almost vicariously through his anointing. Watch this. She was not the boss, but yet she operated like she was the boss. Have you ever been on a job where there's somebody, they're making the same amount of money as you, work there the same amount of time as you, but yet for some reason they bark in orders like they're the one in charge. Have you ever seen that kind of person? Have you ever? And it's like you do all the work and then they telling you what needs to be done here. There are people that pick up the spirit of entitlement and they feel like that they're the boss, they're in control and that they're the one that is going to manipulate the situation. Listen to me. Whenever Jezebel uh, entered the kingdom with Ahab, she began to manipulate him and intimidate him and seduce him and she began to prop up the false prophets and she began to persecute the true prophets watch this I'm going to tell you when you can expect her to show up I'm going to this is, this is my whole point on part one of this today I'm going to tell you when you can expect this spirit to always show up it showed up whenever Elijah confronted 800 false prophets on the top of Mount Carmel and here's what happens he prays and God sends fire down from heaven and when the fire falls from heaven the people of Israel repent 
repented and they turned from Baal to the true God and they said the Lord he is God when the fire fell and whenever the people repented and there was a change in the congregation Jezebel rose up and said I'm going to kill that preacher what are you saying preacher when revival comes and blessing comes and favor comes that's when the greatest attacks are going to come as right on the heels of some of your greatest victories I come to tell Bethlehem church you better watch out what you got going right here is enough of Jesus that Jezebel says I gotta go snuff that fire out I gotta go put that thing out I'm almost done. I just come to answer the question of somebody that says, what in the world am I doing wrong to garner all these attacks? I'm trying to do right. I'm trying to fast and pray and seek God. What am I doing wrong to get all this opposition? Can I preach and tell you, darling, it ain't what you're doing wrong. It's what you're doing right that has hell mad right now. Can I say that to somebody that said, preacher, what am I doing wrong? You ain't doing nothing wrong. You're praying in the Holy Ghost. And when you start doing right, everything that's unrighteous fights the righteous. This, this, is, this is what you got to know about, about the adversary. Your Bible said in, in Revelation 12 and 4, his tail drew a third part of the stars of heaven. When Satan is evicted out of heaven, he takes one third of the angelic host with him. Now, now please hear what I'm saying as I'm putting my landing gear down. You can always tell when it's something satanic about a person who has a problem by the way they exit. Now, now I don't know why you would ever want to leave a church this great. <laughs> huh? How many of y'all like, I'm staying here. That's my spot. I'm, I'm here. I park there. I sit here. It's my place. But listen to me hypothetically. Let's just say, let's just say God transitioned you. It does happen. Some people go start churches. Some people move. There, there are things that happen. We understand that. Let's just say that happened. But let me tell you how you know when it's God transitioning you or when it's Jezebel provoking you. Because when Satan leaves heaven, he says, I'm leaving, but I'm not going by myself. Just because you leave doesn't mean you got to take 25 people with you when you go. Satan said, I'm going to make my problem all of y'all's problems. I don't, I, I can't stay here, so I don't want you to stay here. What are you saying, preacher? I'm saying you need to tell Jezebel, I'm not going to share your enemies. Your problems are not my problems because you mad at the church and you mad at somebody doesn't mean I'm going to be mad at the church and because you leave doesn't mean I'm leaving with you. Matter of fact, you ought to tell the devil you can go to hell by yourself because I'm going to stay here where heaven put me. You can be in rebellion by yourself. 
If you want to have a problem, you're going to have to have it by yourself. I refuse to share in your insurrection. I'll finish this Wednesday. I was preaching in Texas in uh, this church. I'd never been in this church. I was preaching in this church, and, and uh, there was a lady that come up just in the middle of my preaching. She came up and, and fell down, and, and she was on her face, on her knees, and the ladies of the church got around her and began to pray. And uh, I, I seen her just crying out, repenting before the Lord, and, 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 and the Lord filled her with the Holy Ghost, and, and she just did, interrupted my whole message. I like them kind of interruptions. She just, she just down here praying. God's filling her with the Holy Ghost, and, and, and she's praying through, and, and, and the church is excited. But I noticed over here to my left, I noticed her husband was over here. He was a big, tall guy, big guy. I could see he was stood up. He had his arms kind of crossed like this. He's watching this, and, and he kind of walked down the side aisle and kind of watched and, and kind of looks and tries to kind of get her attention. And then he walked back, and he's... He's pacing up and down the sidewall, and I can tell he's looking at his watch, and I can tell he's ready to go. And he didn't want her down there. And the Holy Ghost spoke to me. He said, I want you to tell him that before she belonged to him, she belonged to me. I was like, Como say what? Like, that dude's big and mad, I'm not telling him that. And the Holy Ghost tapped me on the shoulder again. He said, I want you to tell him before she was his wife, she was my daughter. And if he wants to become an enemy to me, all he has to do is pull her out of my presence and it's not going to go well for him. I said, God, please don't make me tell him that. Please don't make me. I do not want to. I am not. I'm not signing up to tell him that. And he's mad. And I seen him get the pastor's attention. And the pastor kind of walked around and started talking to him. And he come back to me. The pastor said, he said, hey, he said, her husband is really mad about this. I said, I know he's mad. And you wait till I tell him what I'm fixing to tell him. He's really going to be mad. And, and they had doors like y'all got them, double door. All of a sudden, he went boom. He kicked his way through those double doors, and he left. He went out. He left her at the altar. And I remember thinking, whoo, thank God. I'm glad he left because uh, I, I was listening to tell him this thing. And about five minutes, he comes back through them doors again. You know, look like the, the gunfight at the OK Corral. Boom, he kicks back through them doors, and he's mad. He's red in the face. And he comes marching down that side aisle, and the pastor goes up to him, and they start talking, and they're having this big conversation. His hands are up, and the pastor turns around and walks back. He comes to me. All this time, his wife is down here receiving the Holy Ghost. Pastor come to me said, hey. He said, uh, he's back. I said, I saw that. He said, he locked his key in his truck. I come to tell some of you, you think you're going to run, but when you run, God's going to shut every door until you come back and face reality. You can say, well, I'm going to leave here and I'm going to go there. When you get there, you're going to have the same problem there that you didn't resolve over here. The Holy Ghost said, tell him now. I said, Lord, you better give me some angelic backup. I said, sir, can you come here? He said, are you talking to me? 
I said, yes, sir, I'm talking to you. Come here. He said, up there? I said, come here. He walked up. I put my microphone in my pocket because I didn't want to embarrass him or start a riot. I just said, hey, I said, I want to give you a word right here. He said, okay, okay. I said, I said it ain't in your heart to do this. You, you don't want nothing to do with this. Holy Ghost and all this, what's going on. His wife's down here crying, speaking in tongues. And I said, I said you, you, you don't want anything to do with that. You're not ready for that. He said, well, he said, I can't argue with that. He said, you're right on that. I said, but the Lord told me to tell you something, sir. You don't have to do this. You don't have to fall down. You don't have to cry. You don't have to speak into it. You don't have to. But the Lord told me to tell you, before this lady was your wife, she was his daughter. And if you take her out of God's presence, you're going to become an enemy for God and you're going to have her blood on your hands. If you don't want her to come to this church, you can stay at the house, but you better not prevent your wife from coming and living for God. Somebody said, you told him, I told him that and a little bit more. He, he looked at me like this for a minute and I watched a tear form in his eye. He said, I didn't think about it like that. He said, he said maybe, maybe I do want you to pray for me. I said, sit down here on the altar. He sat down there. His wife put her hands on his boots and started praying and I laid my hand on that man. He began to pray and talk to God. I'm telling you that to tell you this. Don't let anybody keep you out of the house of God. Don't go to hell for a husband. Don't go to hell for a wife. Don't go to hell for kids. Don't go to hell for a family member. I don't care who it is. I'm not going to go to hell for anybody. Let's raise up our hands all over this place right now and let Jezebel know you're not going to intimidate me. You're not going to talk me out of the presence of God. I refuse to let you take me out of the will of God. I refuse to let your hard speeches and your manipulation and what you're saying against me talk me out of doing what God wants me to do. Let's pray in the Holy Ghost here. I'm going to get you home early. I want to take 60 seconds. I'm going to pray for a couple of people today. I'm, I'm going to pray over you today. We're going to have an altar call today. God's going to pour the Holy Ghost out here right now. But listen to what I'm telling you. I want you to put your hands in the air and pray. I feel like telling this church that the revival is here. You've been in revival way before I got here. You've been in revival. This church is in a, as Pastor said, about a three-year perpetual revival. But let me tell you what I know about revival. It brings persecution and Jezebel comes for it. She's going to try to come against your preacher. She's going to try to tell Elijah, you better run, boy. I'm going to cut your head off. But I come to tell every preacher, every man, woman of God, just tell Jezebel, if you can kill me, do it. If you can stop me, do it. Pray in the Holy Ghost. 45 seconds, just praying in the Spirit right now. Forty seconds, just like that. Praying in the Holy Ghost. 
I'm speaking to people who are exhausted. You got this spirit working in your family. I'm praying to those of you, the enemy's trying to blackmail you. I'm praying over some of you right now, the enemy's trying to exhaust your mind. The enemy's trying to vacuum the strength out of you. He's trying to intimidate you. He's trying to tell you how worthless you are. He's even using people to do it. Jezebel is going to be judged by Jesus. God's going to judge every Jezebel spirit that wants to mess up your marriage and your That's it. Just make your way down here praying in the Holy Ghost. God's about to do a thing in this place. We're in a warfare right now. We're in a warfare for the church. We're in a warfare for end time revival. We're in a warfare for your marriage and your home and your kids. We're in a warfare right now. Just come praying. I'm waiting on you to come on down. I'm waiting on you to come on down. Hallelujah. Get in position here. Come on, there's something prophetic about to happen in this place. There's something very prophetic about to happen in this place. There's something very prophetic about to happen in your spirit. Oh, Come worshiping and move in there a little closer. They're coming in behind you. Move in there a little closer. Let them come in there behind you. Hallelujah. God's about to pour out the gift of the Holy Ghost. How do you deal with the spirit of Jezebel? You do it with the spirit of Jesus. You let the Holy Ghost deal with the unholy spirit. You pray in the spirit to undo an unholy spirit. Hey. Hey. And lift your hands and your voices a little bit higher to God for a moment. There's a little man right here. There's a gentleman right here. There's a man right there. I'd like some men to lay your hands on this gentleman right here. He's got a tan jacket and a blue shirt. Yes, this man. Go ahead, mama. Some of you men, just this man right here. Yeah, there you go. There you go, Avery. There you go, men. There you go. Lay your hands on this gentleman right here. Go ahead, Brother Danny. Barber, get back there behind him. Brother Danny, lay your hand right on this man's head right here. There's a healing touch going to come in this gentleman today. I see a river of healing coming in this man's body right now. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, we speak this over this man's body. I speak it over his vital organs right now. That by the authority of the name of Jesus, sir, the Holy Ghost come into you and begin to heal and minister to you right now. You men of God standing there, just pray. I see what looks like fire going in this man's body right now to make corrections. Let there be corrections in the Holy Ghost right now. Let there be corrections in the Holy Ghost right now. Let there be Holy Ghost corrections. Let there be Holy Ghost direction, Holy Ghost correction. Correction in the spirit right now. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Come on, I feel healing all over this place here. 
There's healing all over this place where this lady's at. Help me right here, my brother. Follow where I'm going to tell you. Walk this way. Go all the way towards that door. Go all the way over there and turn. Go all, Keep going. Make a left. There's a sweet lady standing right there. There's a lady standing right Yeah, this lady right here. We're going to pray for you, mama. We're going to pray a touch over your body right now. Lay your hand on her right there, my brother. Lady, I see medication. I see medicines. I see medication. But it is not working. But what we're about to do right now is going to work. God is going to work something in you right here. What medicine has not been able to do in the name of Jesus by the authority of the Holy Ghost. I see something going into your heart right now. I see a touch going into your chest cavity right now. There's a correction going into the chambers of this lady's heart. I pray it over you, lady, from the top of your head to the bottom of your feet right now. In the name of Jesus. There you go, men of God, reach in there, lay your hand. Praying the Holy Ghost over her fruit. I see a miracle. I, I proclaim a miracle. A heart miracle. A heart miracle. A, a miracle that medication cannot. I'm speaking to those of you here that are on heart medicine. You're on heart medicine right now. Put your hands up real high and start praying. I feel like the Holy Ghost is about to do a miracle in the heart right now. I said your heart can be made new right now. The Holy Ghost minister to you. Open your mouth and let the Holy Ghost know. If you want to heal me, do it, Jesus. If you want to heal me, do it, Jesus. There you go, lady, pray in the Holy Ghost. That's the Spirit of God coming on you. Let that tongue out right now. God's about to pour out the mighty gift of the Holy Ghost right now. She co Come on, I'm not going to be much longer. We're going to let the Holy Ghost hit this place. But God's doing heart transplants right now. God's doing heart transplants right now. What's your name right here in this purple shirt? What? Tammy? Sammy? Listen to me, Sammy. Walk right back here towards this lady, right back here in this white flower dress standing right there. Just go stand right beside her. I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to tell her something. First, Sammy, God's broke a lot of generational curses out of your life. Things that wanted to come through the bloodline to do you like it did other ladies and people in your family. But God said, you've been protected. You were protected that it could not do to you what it done to other family members. People who died, you're alive. People who didn't make it, but you're here, you made it. God has destiny for you. And part of that destiny has to do with this. There's healing virtue that has come into your mind. God has healed your mind and changed your mind. You've had emotional healing in you. Where you used to be fragmented, now you're more focused. You're, able, you're out of anxiety. The Lord said, I have done that for her. But the Lord told me to tell you, Sammy, because he has healed you. Now he's putting healing in you to flow through you to other people. He heals you so you become a healer to give glory to the Lord in Jesus' name. Sammy, 
I want you to take that hand that you have lifted to the Lord, lay it on this lady's head right here in the name of Jesus. What is this lady's name Sammy's praying for? Shauna. Shauna, in the name of Jesus, I see something in your stomach right now. I see something going down on the inside of you, the lower regions, the lower parts right now. God is correcting it. There's a pain coming out of you. You will leave here today better than the way you walked in here. We declare it by the word of faith. I see these things coming on you, ma'am. It's like hot flashes. It's like fatigue. I see this blood pressure thing coming up, like swelling up in your face, and you suddenly feel weak and faint. But I command that spirit of infirmity to let this woman go. You shall not. You shall not prosper. We plead the blood over this woman right now. Hey, reach over, lay your hand on somebody. Pray in the Holy Ghost right now. Come on, there's a ministry in the Holy Ghost flowing through the body of Christ right now. Hey, go ahead, Sammy, give God praise over there. As your praise is, so shall your power be. As your praise is, so shall your power be. If you need the Holy Ghost here today, we're going to finish like this. If you're here and you want the baptism of the Holy Ghost, raise up both your hands real high. If you're having a hard time speaking in tongues, maybe you've had the Holy Ghost, but, but you're, you're having a hard time breaking back through, raise up both your hands to the Lord right now. You want to pray in tongues. You want the Holy Ghost hit you. Raise it up. Raise it up. Raise it up right here. If you see these and have both hands up, please lay your hands on them. There's a lady right over there brother Danny right over there if you're here today you're having a hard time praying out in the Holy Ghost right over here raise up both your hands wait right here brother sure will if you see them with their hands up right now go ahead lay your hands on them let God fill them with the Holy Ghost right now there you go there's that tongue working right there Jesus, go ahead. That's a Holy Ghost speaking. That's a Holy Ghost speaking. Come on, God's pouring out the Holy Ghost. This young lady right here where Pastor B's at, everybody stretch your hand in there. God's going to fill it with the Holy Ghost right now. Open your mouth, daughter. Open your mouth, sons of God. Let God fill you with the Holy Ghost. There you go, brother, speak it. That's the Holy Ghost. Let your tongue go. That's the Holy Ghost. There you go, young lady. Receive the Holy Ghost over there. Oh. Now before I step off of here, everything in this house, raise up your hands. We're going to pray in the Holy Ghost. In the name of Jesus, we're going to defeat Jezebel right now. We're going to pray in a tongue Jezebel can't interpret. 
Open your mouth, saints of God. Speak that tongue out right now. Hey, come on, men. Come on, ladies. Pray in the spirit right now. There you go. This lady's receiving deliverance right back here. right now let it out of you right now go ahead yeah lay your hand on that lady's head right now I take authority over it I cast it out of you in the name of Jesus I pray against dark clouds I pray against smoke I pray against addiction I pray against abuse I call it come out of her loose her let her go that she be filled with the Holy Ghost right now Oh, pray in the Holy Ghost, brother. That's a Holy Ghost speaking through it. That's a Holy Ghost speaking. today. They'll baptize you in the name of Jesus. Let's sing. Let's worship. Every
happening all over the house. Why don't you lift your hands and thank God. There's been people filled with the Holy Ghost this morning. Thank you, Jesus. That's right. Go ahead and praise Him. Go ahead and worship the Lord and thank Him. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. One more time, I want you to lift your hands and I want you to begin praying for tonight's service, tomorrow night, Wednesday night. I want you to pray for everyone that's coming to the tent. I want you to pray that the Holy Ghost would move. I want you to pray for the gift of faith to operate. I want you to pray for the will of God to be done. Amen. Let's baptize the rest of this revival in prayer that God would heal families and heal marriages and touch young people, that God would pour His Spirit out. Amen. Can you help me pray? Maybe join up with somebody close to you and where two or three agree together. Amen. Touching anything, the Bible said that it's going to be done. Hallelujah. Oh, yes, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. That's right. We're not going to get in a hurry. We're just going to believe God right now. The Holy Ghost is still moving. God's still touching people's hearts. There's some people need to be baptized that hadn't been baptized in Jesus' name. Today's the day. Hallelujah. Maybe there's some things in your life and you know you need God to help. I want you to begin to believe God right now that this is your day. This is your revival. This is your time. Amen. In Jesus' name. Call out your family. God bless my family in Jesus' name. Amen. I want you to operate, to engage your faith by asking God to do what you need Him to do. The word of faith is nigh thee, even in thy mouth. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Don't be intimidated to ask God for what you need Him to do right now. I'm just trying to give you more time to talk to Him. God. Praise God. He's a miracle working God. He's a deliverer. Amen. I, I want, I want, I'm not, I want to do a, a church-wide testimony service. Amen. And all you're going to do is, is do it by the signifying, by raising your hand. Amen. You don't have to out yourself in front of everybody. If there's anybody in this place that's ever been delivered from something that had you bound spiritually or physically, raise your hand. All right? If there's anybody in this place that's had a healing, a miracle, and you know it was God that did it, I want you to raise your hand. Is there anybody here that has ever been set free from anxiety or depression, hopelessness? Is there anybody here that ever felt like you had no hope and no future for life, but you found it when you got touched by God? Now, there's a reason why I've had you all raise your hands. Because every time you have a church with this many people, there are people in the room that feel like God can't do it for them. 
that all those people acting like that, that's fine. That's, that's, that's them, but God can't do it for me. What I wanted everyone to see was that everyone in this room is just like you. We've all had struggles and problems and trials and things that we needed God to help us with. One of my favorite scriptures says that God is not a respecter of persons. That means that he doesn't like him more than he likes you, so he'll heal him but leave you alone. The Bible said that's not the way God works. The Bible says that anyone who calls on the Lord can be saved. So as your eyes are closed all over this place, I want to I pray one more prayer before we go. And I want to pray against hopelessness where you feel like God can't or won't do it for you. That is a lie from hell. God wants to and God will. You're here not by accident. You're here by the design of God, by his plan. Lord, I thank you for everyone that's gathered in your house this morning. God, our members and our guests that have never experienced anything like this before. God, I know that you have brought us together for your purpose. You have a plan. And Lord, all I want you to do, I want you, God, to somehow touch every heart and every mind to know that you're not just the God of the Pentecostal that's been in church their whole life. And you're not just the God of the preacher. You're not just the God of the lifelong church member, but you're the God of everyone here. And that every need and every situation and every care and every trial is, that they have is just as important to you as anybody else's. I thank you for the hope that comes from your presence. And God, I thank you for it in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen.